God is good, and all the time, God is good. Man, I'm telling you what. We are standing on the rock that won't be moved. And y'all ready to sing that song? Father God, we come before you today with our hands lifted high and our hearts abandoned. And we are going to run after you, Father God. Man, you are so good. And we cannot outrun you. Neither height nor depth can separate us from your love. We will not be moved. You're standing with us. We will not be moved. When everything around is shaking, you're not changing. We will not be, we will not be moved. Come on, put those hands together. That you don't know Where would I be If not for your love God I've received Your grace and peace It's not what I've done But what you've done for me Sing it
We have a hope and a future I know I am I know whose I am That's it right there I know whose I am There's a seat at the table For each and every one of us You know why? Because it's right He's a good, good father That's who you are That's who you are That's who you are And I'm loved by you It's who I am It's who I am to I come on sing it out you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and I'm loved by you who I am it's who I am it's who I am because you are perfect in all of your ways that's right church Perfect in all of your ways Because you are perfect in all of your ways To us Oh, you are perfect in all of your ways You are perfect in all of your ways You are perfect in all of your ways To Say that again. You are perfect. You are perfect in all of your ways. That's my daddy. Perfect in all of your ways. He's a king of kings. Perfect in all of your ways. To us. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Come on, you're a good, good father. Sing it out. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. God, we thank you for your sweet, sweet presence in this house. Father God, we thank you that you transcend that your spirit is omnipotent, omnipresent. Wow. We're accepted at the table. You're a good, good father. You call us by name. We are a child of the King. No matter what situation we're faced with, God, you don't change. And that is who you are. A good, good Father. You're still setting in the heavens. The earth is your footstool. You're a star breathing God. You created everything. Wow. Because that is who you are. 
we have a seat at that table. And God, we are so grateful and so thankful just to be in your presence at the table. Mm. And we love you, Father. You say that I'm accepted. In your name we pray. Converge, how are you? No? No? Nothing? Good? Good? Great? Hello? Welcome. They might be struggling to speak like me. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> he is a good, good father. Yes, he is. And I'm just so grateful that it's not about who I am, it's about who he is. Like Chad was saying, he's immutable. He doesn't change. Regardless of what we do, regardless of who we are or think we are, what matters is what he says. He says we're loved. He says we're forgiven. He says we are surrounded by his grace and that. Amen. That being said, welcome to Converge Live, our in-person worship experience. Welcome Converge Nation, our online virtual family. Y'all, I just... How about we give a shout out to our worship team for getting us in a great place where we experience God. They're not songs, they're not words. We're all doing this real life thing, right? Um, So I will also welcome you all to our um, Converge Live and uh, Converge Nation online. If it's your first time with us, welcome. Uh, We hope you're getting a a good taste of the authentic um, worship experience that we have here at Converge. Yes. Uh, The purpose of it, right, is to spend time with God. And I think uh, each and every week our worship team helps us do that. So welcome. If it is your first time, make sure to stop by um, our Connection Center or Welcome Center outside in the lobby. We have some cards. We'd love to get your contact information. We're not going to bug you, but we do want to keep you posted on what's going on here uh, here at Converge Church. And we also um, have prayer cards so you can fill out some of your prayer requests. We'd love to pray with you and for you. Um, And we have a small gift as well, just our way of saying thank you for joining us. Um, Also, for those uh, following online, you may already be watching on uh, YouTube, but those here in person too, make sure that you follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at We Are Converge. Uh, Make sure to follow us, comment, um, keep plugged in with what's going on. On YouTube, make sure to click the bell for the notifications. Um, Also subscribe, Um, but turn on your notifications so you can see when we upload new content so you can stay up to date with us on what's going on here. Awesome. Family, we are about a third of the way through our fall semester um, small groups, our virtual small groups. And if you want to experience what we've experienced here in person, join us online. Uh, We've got Converge Her meeting on Tuesdays at 7. Yes. We have got Converge Men on Wednesdays at 7. We've got our... There we go, that's our dog pound. We have got Converge students on Sundays at one, and we have got some amazing on-demand content for Converge kids. Everyone has been showing up in strong numbers, guys, but it's not about the numbers. It's about the transformative moments, and those have been happening. 
we have been having some great discussions centered around God's word. We have been having some times of encouragement and support. And what happens here online believe it or not, it's happening, it's happening virtually. You would think it can't, but God, by the, by the grace of God, it's happening. We don't want you to miss out on that. So if you haven't connected with us in any of these virtual small groups, connect with us. Our ushers have some information cards that'll give you all the Zoom details, or for you, uh, our friends and family online, send us an email at echurch at weareconverged.com, and we will get those details to you. Something else to make note of is that we're going to start um, a Bible immersion campaign with Acts, the book of Acts, starting October 1st. If you joined us for the last few, they've been awesome. We're going to ask the same things. Read a chapter a day with us. Make notes of things that you uh, learned from it, how you can apply it today. Um, oftentimes, the sermons go along with some of the lessons we're learning. Um, but I've, I have loved the encouragement to like have a book, make sure I get one in every day. You know, sometimes we'll find which we should do, right? Find the verses and the things going on um, that relate to what's going on in life. But sometimes God speaks us, to us through um, just chapters we may not have other, otherwise gone to. So I appreciate, have appreciated it. We hope you join us again. Book of Acts starting October 1st. Another October date to make note of is October 16th. Everybody say it, October 16th. October 16th. Oh, thank you. Uh, we will not be having Converged Church in person that evening. You can still come. But there will be a balloon festival going on for Preston Trail Community Church. It sounds like a blast. So we will have um, uh, our Converge Nation online on the 17th on Sunday. So again, we won't be meeting for church in person on the 16th, but you can still come 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. There's going to be some cool balloons, yeah. food trucks, music. Um, it's supposed to be a great family affair. So it would be awesome as we thank Preston Trail for partnering with us, that we partner with them in their event. Um, certainly, if we're around, I plan on bringing my little girl. So yes. it sounds like a really fun event. So just make sure if you are planning for Converge Church, uh, that that's not going to be what's going on here on the 16th. It's also a great opportunity to be a blessing to others. It's a ministry kind of outreach thing happening that's supporting uh, the McKinney Food Pantry. So you guys can go online and get those details. And if you're going to come out and support, make sure you register and then just come and be prepared to, to be a blessing. Amen. All righty, we are moving into the blessed life segment of our worship experience. And this is the time of our service where each of us individually has the opportunity to help move forward the vision and the mission that God has given us here at Converge through our giving. So <laughs> if you would like to partner with us financially, we have multiple ways in which you can do that. First, here in person, we have ushers in the aisles with envelopes. If you need one, just raise your hand and they can get it to you. We ask that you would fill those envelopes out in its entirety. And the reason we do that is because we want to be able to properly account for your giving. You can also give online safely and securely by visiting www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. You can give via our mobile app. Search the iOS and Android app stores for Converge Church Plano. And then you can give by texting Converge Give along with a dollar amount to 77977. Converge family, Converge Nation, we always appreciate your support, your generosity, and everything that you guys do to partner with us and help make life-giving ministry happen right here at Converge. Let us pray. Most gracious and heavenly Father, thank you 
for every seed that we are able to sow into your kingdom. We recognize that you, God, are our source, that you are our God, Jehovah Jireh, who looks ahead, sees, and makes provision for us, not just financially to give, God, but you also look ahead and make provision for us emotionally and physically and spiritually, Father. So we thank you for your provision. We thank you for every heart that desires to give. We thank you for every seed sown. We thank you that you entrust us with the vision and mission you've given us and that it is helping make life-giving life-giving ministry happen both locally globally and even online father we appreciate you god we appreciate everyone that partners with us and we pray your multiplied blessings upon them it's in jesus name that we pray amen amen thank you guys again and enjoy the rest of the worship experience Hello there, Converge Nation, and welcome to our worship experience, whether you're in person or joining us online, uh, your family. We're going to pick up where we left off last week. Uh, we've been in a series we're calling Rhythms, and we're learning how to find rest uh, for our souls in the midst of uncertainty. Uh, we had a special guest with us, and she is with us again by popular demand this weekend. So if you would, Converge, let's make welcome our special guest, Sharonda Scott, who's going to help me have this conversation about what it looks like to fill our cup. And you guys missed your opportunity to get really excited and shout. There you go. As Sharonda comes. Listen, one of our, one of our uh, dispositions, one of our principles, one of our core values here at Converge is to give honor to whom honor is due. And we'll do that now, Sharonda. We're honored that you, you're with us again. You just knocked the ball out of the park. Grand slam, bases loaded. Listen, right? And, uh, and so uh, I think they're spoiled. You spoiled them. <laughs> And, yes. uh, and so it's, honor, it's an honor to have you back. Uh, you may be seated and we'll dive in together. Okay. As we do that, let's look to God's word from our anchor text, which is lifted from the 23rd Psalm, one of the most beloved texts in all of scripture. Many of us memorized it as children or mm -hmm. if you weren't in Sunday school, at some point as a Christ follower, you have encountered this sacred text. It is a Psalm of David, the most celebrated king of Israel and uh, I think uh, as we read this psalm, it's important to understand the context because David was not only the most celebrated king of Israel, uh, David had his beginnings uh, as a shepherd. And so David, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is celebrating the faithfulness of God, and he is giving us this word picture, this imagery of God as a shepherd. In fact, Jesus said it this way in John chapter 11. He referred to himself as the good shepherd. Uh, and so David helps us understand uh, what it looks like uh, to have a good shepherd. Here's our anchor text, Psalm 23, beginning at verse number one. David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not 
want. I think that's interesting to, to recognize or to pause to reflect on because who you choose to allow to lead you determines what you have. David says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I will lack no good thing. Amen. Who you allow to be your Lord also determines who leads you. Yeah. It determines what you have, but it also determines the trajectory and the direction of your life. Because uh, David goes on to say, to say that he, he leads me beside what? Still waters. And he leads me to what? Green pastures. Still waters, meaning the place of peace and tranquility. How many could just use some peace in their life right now? The God kind of peace, the Bible kind of peace says, he gives us peace that passes understanding. Meaning everything around you could be falling apart. The kind of peace that you and I can experience in Christ makes absolutely no logical sense that you and I can still maintain our sense of tranquility and stability in the midst of chaos. We only experience that if we allow the Lord to be our shepherd because he is, in fact, the prince of peace. And then it says he leads me beside or leads me into green pastures, simply meaning the place of provision, the place of prosperity, the place of abundance, wave after wave, listen to me, of sufficiency, no lack. In fact, when God brought the Egyptians out of Egypt, he brought them out of a land that was not enough, but he was moving them to the land that was more than enough. And that's where God wants us to live. Who you allow to lead you determines what you have and it also determines where you go. It says, he, here it is, he restores, <laughs> he restores my soul. I'm talking about the broken places in our hearts and in our minds. The broken, damaged places in our lives, he restores. You know, there's a tradition in Japan that if you, if you break a vessel, they don't discard it. They take that broken pot and they line it with gold leaf. And when they put it together, it has infinitely more value than before it was broken. That's what God does with our lives. What one man's trash is has become God's treasure. But it depends, listen to me, it depends upon who you allow to lead you, who you allow to be Lord. And then the, the psalmist says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah. And he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. It is the promise, what, of protection. Yeah. Not only a peace, not only a provision, but also divine protection. And then he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They comfort me. So much I could say about comfort. But sometimes that's all we need. And I know that's something that, that little kids, little children, you know, when they're scared, we run in, mom and dad, and we comfort them. But I can tell you, 
at 49 years old with all this gray coming out the top of my head and off the, my chin every now and then. I need the comfort that only comes from God. That's why the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. Jesus said, listen, I'm going away, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. We have his comfort in the person of the Holy Spirit. His rod and his staff. And, and here it is. Come on, we sang the song. So anointed, the presence of God was so strong in this place. He says, I have a seat at the table. But notice what he says. He will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Mm. Uh, we got somewhere to go, so I'm going to lead that alone. I'm going to lead that alone. All, all I'm going to say about that, listen, y'all say this with me. Shake the haters off. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen to me. And then he anoints my head with oil so that my cup runs over. And that's where God wants us to live, right? Remember we said you cannot pour from what? An empty cup. And sometimes life will try to to squeeze us so hard that we've got nothing left. Not only that, uh, can I also inform you? That, that when life pushes against you and squeezes you, whatever came, was in you is what's going to come out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So if you don't like what's coming out of you, mm. let that sink in for a while. So here's the promise of Jesus. And Sharonda, I promise you, I'm going I'm I'm to pass it off to you. Here's the promise of Jesus. The promise that you can live with a full cup. The promise that you can live not just with a full cup, but a cup that overflows. John chapter 10 and verse 10, I'm going to read it from the Amplified Translation. It says, the thief, speaking of Satan, comes for three reasons and three reasons only. Let me put it this way. Just in case you are wondering, he ain't your friend. Mm Mm-hmm. He ain't your friend because he comes for three reasons and three reasons only. Here it is. He comes to steal. You know what he comes to steal? He comes to steal your joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And there are many who have allowed the enemy to come in and steal their joy. And so life comes against them and they have nothing left to resist or to fight back with. Number two, number two, he comes to kill. You know he comes to kill? He comes to kill your dreams. Because he wants us to walk around purposeless. Just walking around in circles. And so most people confuse activity with progress. But how many of you realize you can walk in circles, that's activity, but it's not progress. And that's why Dr. Miles Monroe said, where purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. So if you don't know the purpose for which you were created, or if you allow the enemy to kill your dreams, steal your purpose, you walk around abusing your time, abusing your gifts, abusing opportunities. You know what the word abuse is? It's a compound word from two words, abnormal and use. So if I don't recognize the purpose for which I was created, 
If I allow the enemy to steal the dream God put in me, I am bound to abnormally use my life. The devil ain't your friend. Here's the third thing he comes to do. He comes to destroy. But you know what he does? In every temptation, the ultimate goal is to destroy your reputation. To destroy your credibility. Where you are walking dead. Because nobody will touch you. Nobody will mess with you. Because your reputation will precede you and follow you everywhere you go. Before you get there, people already know about you. And long after you've left, they're talking about you. Because the enemy has allowed you to make choices that have compromised your reputation, your name. And that's why the writer of Proverbs, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, said it this way. A good name is better than great riches. But here's the flip side. That's what the thief comes to do. Jesus said, listen, <laughs> this is why I came. John chapter 10 and verse 10. He said, I came that you may have, listen, that you may have and enjoy life and have it what? In abundance to the full until it overflows. Listen, he said that you might have life. And that you might what? Enjoy it. Because life is not something that God gave us for us to simply endure. He gives us life, Zoe, his life, so that we can enjoy it. And that's what we're going to be talking about. Life in abundance to the full. Listen to me, until it overflows. Because now you can give. You can serve, you can love others, not out of what you need for yourself, but you can live out of the overflow that comes only from being, listen to me, connected to Jesus. It don't come from anywhere else. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He goes on in John chapter 15 and says, apart from me, you can bear no fruit. Imagine a branch that's cut from the tree. How much fruit you going to see on that branch? Absolutely none. And Jesus said, this life that overflows is available to us if we will abide in him. So we're going to talk about that because there are two relationships uh, that we, or two planes that uh, we live on as humans, right? There is a vertical and a horizontal plane. And that's why Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Vertical, and love your neighbor as yourself. Horizontal. And so tonight, we're going to talk about what it looks like to, to live with a full cup, a cup that overflows. Thank you, sir. Come on, somebody. Shining like Jermaine Jackson, man. <laughs> Come on, somebody. All right. So, Sharonda, take us in. Okay. Where do we start? All Fill right. my cup. Well, I, I, I just love these scriptures. And uh, when I think about our cups being full mm. and that overflow, where is the overflow? Think mm. about that. Where is the overflow? Wow. It's, wow. it's not 
in our bodies, mm -hmm. it's in our souls. Absolutely. And I, I love where you were talking about uh, Psalm 23 mm. about uh, David, you know, and how God led him and how he restored his soul. soul. Why did his soul need to be restored? Mm. Why, do you, why do you think that is? And so when we talk about neediness, and, you know, we talked a little bit last week about God actually made us with needs, right? Mm. We have our physical needs, spiritual needs, first and foremost. Right. We have physical needs. We have our emotional needs or the relational needs that are in our soul, right? So why did God make us so needy? Mm. And so that's kind of where we, we jumped off last week. Mm. And uh, this week we're going to talk about how we actually go about getting our mm. souls filled. And I was just going to recap because I think I mentioned this last week. You know, I gave you the definition of mental disorder. And I talked about how it is a significant disruption of a person's thoughts, moods, behaviors, and the ability to relate to others mm. that is severe enough, you know, to impact their living. Well, Pastor Ray just read the scripture that says that Jesus came to, that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly to mm. the full. So if we're impaired in our relationships, and in our souls, and how we relate to each other, and, and even how we relate to ourselves, because think about internal conflict. Mm. How do we relate to ourselves? So Jesus intended for us to have help, to have wholeness in our souls, and to be completely restored. Mm. So just kind of wanted to jump off there, and uh, I know you asked me to share a little bit about that uh, the three things that we talked about was unmet needs, unhealed hurts, and unfulfilled expectations. Mm. And remember, unmet needs, they're birthed out of something that was good that should have happened in your life that didn't, mm. okay? And then unhealed hurts is produced by something bad that happened in your life that should not have, right. okay? And then, of course, in what we live in, what we live out of most of the time is kind of the unresolved issues surrounding the, the fear, the confusion, even the anger as to why that happened, mm. unfulfilled expectations. Mm. It's like, and how do we go about getting those unfulfilled expectations met? Pastor Ray, you mentioned about the horizontal relationship and the vertical relationship. Mm. And so in unhealthy relationships where we see these three things impacted is most of us have sidelined God in relationships. Mm. So we then have this expectation. I have this expectation for Pastor Ray to meet my need mm. of acceptance. Well, we just sang in worship mm. that I'm accepted in who? Amen. That God accepts me. Yeah. And so it first has to be met vertically mm. before we be can begin to experience needs being met and our sharing back and forth because mm. we're supposed to give to others out of the overflow and we're supposed to receive back from them out of the overflow of who they are. So we're meeting each other's needs mm. because we have this relationship right, because there is the faith mm. that we have that God is going to meet our needs mm. and however he chooses to do that. Wow. One, I was going to uh, mention that, um, I didn't mention this last week, but obstacles to our neediness, our, our neediness, and you mentioned about, okay, what about people that are out there that are not necessarily connected to the church? They're watching online, mm -hmm. and so three ways that obstacles, there are obstacles or barriers to our needs really being met or barriers to our neediness, and that's self-reliance, 
self-condemnation, and selfishness. Wow. Wow. Say that again. Self-reliance, which says or declares, you know, I don't have any needs, and if I did have some, I'd meet them myself. All right? Self-condemnation, I have needs, but they're bad, and so you reject the fact that you're needy. And that even of coming to, even when coming to God, you're already in this mode of, hey, I condemn myself, I condemn my needs. We either deny in the self-reliance our needs, or we basically denounce, you know, or reject our needs. And then selfishness says, hey, you know what? I'm gonna exalt my needs. I'm gonna demand that my needs be met. And Mama. so they take from other people. And so then you see unhealthy relationships uh, lived out because someone is exalting their needs above someone else in that relationship. Wow, wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's loaded. That's loaded. So if we, if we find ourselves in a place where we, we, we live sort of out of these toxic emotions, uh, we want to empty our cup, right? We right. don't want to live with our cup, our soul, uh, full of or filled with these unhealthy emotions. So walk us through what it looks like uh, for someone who says, I've reached my tipping point. I don't want to live like this anymore. I, I don't want to entertain these disruptions. Listen, what you tolerate, you cannot change. So don't complain about what you allow. At some point, you'll get to that point. You'll get to your tipping point where you say, I I'm not going to live like this anymore. Mm -hmm. And what that requires then is... You have to make room for what is good. That means I've got to empty myself of what has been hurting me, what has been hindering me, and uh, walk us through what that looks like. Okay. Confronting some of those things and, and overcoming some of those Absolutely. Uh, when you think about the process, and it's like there's a little diagram. I think the resource that I use is really paints a beautiful picture of, you know, the potential uh, or the pain of unmet needs. I think we have the diagram okay. here. Do, okay, you wanna, great. do you want it to follow that? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, uh, we can definitely follow that. And mm -hmm. so one of the things that you can, as you look at the diagram and as you see with the potential of needs being met, so, hey, we all have these needs, right? Mm -hmm. I've got it here, so I'll just follow along um, here. We all have these needs, you know, so, but the potential in, in our relationships is that, hey, you know what? I'm in relationship. I'm growing up in a, a home that actually acknowledges that we have these needs, you know, and they validate these needs. They, and they actually fulfill these needs. So when you have a child, I think something that, you know, the implication for children is that they don't know what their needs are, right? Mm. So they are wired the way God made them. Right. And so they have these needs and they're going to come to their parents for attention. They may show up, you'll, you'll see them pulling on, you know, your pants legs mm -hmm. or your, your shirt sleeve because they want what? You know, we talked about this last week, say attention. And some parents will say, go ahead, go, go to your room, go ahead and get out of here. What are we communicating? What are we teaching them? Mm -hmm. Hey, that, you know, the fact that I want my my parents to pay attention to me mm. is not welcome. Mm. So I need to then, what, hide that need. And so what happens when you begin to hide that need? You know, of course, the pain that you feel or the right. rejection that you feel as a result of that, 
um, then produces this faulty thinking. So when you're looking at that diagram, you're seeing the pain of what happens when a need is not met. So being ignored, disapproved, rejected, um, and then you see, I can't do it, or I'm not wanted, or I must not be important to those around me. And so you build up this distorted thinking. Because whether we realize it or not, what we truly inherit, Pastor Ray, is just really a way of thinking and relating to other people. Right. So when you talk about living out of the abundance and the fullness, it's like if we don't change that, we never will experience the fullness of what God desires for us to, to fulfill. Mm. So you can see the hurt, the anger, and pain if you go through that diagram and just even the end result that's produced. Well, if we look at the potential side of what's being met, you can see, hey, needs are met. Mm -hmm. There's affection. Uh, there's appreciation. There's comfort. Um, you basically form, and a lot of this for kids is formed in the first six years of their lives. They they form truthful thinking about themselves mm. or a healthy thought process about who they are, what their place in the world, and how they relate to other people. And so you see the positive affirming thoughts that will then begin to fill their cups. Mm. You know, for someone who doesn't experience that, mm. there's, and we'll see in a moment here with our, our um, uh, emotional capacity cup, we'll see that what is really contributing to the makeup or, or the soul of that person. Mm. Wow, wow. Yeah, this is all you. I'm listening to Oh, okay. Today. I didn't know if you want to jump in and no, uh, interject I'm, here. I'm so. being good. <laughs> I'm being good. So, um, and you can see with just the potential uh, of the behaviors that's produced out of someone who has right thinking, right? So they're going to... Um, they're going to demonstrate and show kindness to others. They're going to willingly give to other people. They're going to uh, be responsible. A lot of things are produced out of just someone's soul and someone's needs being met. Mm. And then you can see positive outcomes as it, as it relates. Healthy family, caring relationships. And this is one thing that most people don't realize that is a key component for the church, Pastor Ray, mm. and this is maturing. Mm. maturation of really the personality of who that person is and right. ultimately what you talked about the purpose of why God created you isn't that beautiful it really is that's I mean, that's huge um yeah I want to say something but I want to ask you a question uh because I see these needs mm -hmm. on the board and and you talk about how or on the screen and how uh, we're wired with these needs inherently by God. I guess one of the thoughts in the back of my mind uh, as it relates to uh, unmet, ne un unmet needs or unfulfilled expectations. I have always believed, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm open to, to being corrected. I've always believed that there are expectations that go unfulfilled because those expectations are unrealistic. Mm. So I may be wrong, but I, I think there's an opportunity for us to speak to the person who may not be getting something they're asking for. They've created an expectation, 
and what they're expecting they're not getting because what they're expecting is unrealistic. Okay. Is that fair to say or is that not fair to say? And, and if it's not, then let's talk about that some more because if people have these needs, then it can't be illegitimate, right? Okay. So, so, so is unrealistic expectations a real thing? Okay. When we think about unrealistic expectations, when you mm -hmm. say unrealistic, is that because it's impossible? And then I guess I would ask, is there anything too hard for God? Mm. Okay. Got you. But my question would be is why do you want that or why are you expecting that? So, see, then we always go back to, okay, remember the, the three obstacles to our needs being met? Self-reliance, self-condemnation, or selfishness. So, what is it about that expectation that is unrealistic, maybe unrealistic, or why do we want it? Yeah. Why do we want that? Are we trying to fulfill something else in us? It's like, well, I've got to have that because really over here, underlying the need and the expectation is something that's missing. Very good. So, and let me break that down. I'll give you a personal example. Um, uh, I guess I can share maybe a personal example, okay? Yeah. yeah all right, well, uh, I mean, in counseling, you know, we have to gauge that, but I'm not really in a therapist role here today. I'm asking, I'm, I'm speaking, of course, we you know- We are your clients right, right now. We're all on your sofa. <laughs> Right now. All right. So, well, because there are expectations that we all have. We, I mean, just think about relationships. You know, if you're a single individual, you probably desire and aspire to be married and in a relationship that's going to what? Fulfill some need in you. Mm -hmm. Fulfill what? Companionship. God said it's not good for a man to be alone, right? So he knew that there was the neediness in man to create another to help meet that need in him. Okay, so, you know, as a um, single woman, there were many years when I would go through just the process and I would have this, this expectation, uh, you know, of, hey, that's, that dream and that need is going to be met in my life mm -hmm. this year by December 31st, whatever that year was. Yeah. So we're talking about expectations, right? Uh, and every year I would end up hope deferred, or I would say, wow, you know, I would be grieving an unfulfilled expectation until I realized, you know, until God really wanted to try to connect me to, hey, ultimately, the desire, desires that I have for you and the desire for even a mate is going to be fulfilled in me. It's not going to be fulfilled by some timeline. It's like, Good. remember how we talked about all the various needs? You know, a car is never going to meet the need for acceptance. Right. Yeah. So there are ways that we will attribute a certain need in our life to something else. And scripture even talks about this when we pray. We pray amiss, right? So we're disconnecting from what it is that we need. And so why did I need it by December 31st every year? What was the need in me for that? Mm. Mm. And That's so, huge. And so I began to really realize, okay, okay, wait a minute. All right, God knows the need, right? It's a legitimate need. It's actually a legitimate desire. He put it there. I, I didn't even put it there, right? right? You know, so he put it there. And so I would try to uh, process this in my mind. And 
and I had to realize and recognize that there are things that happen in our life. There, there are different events, and as kids, there are disappointments. So what was it? It was simply a disappointment that it hadn't happened by the end of the year. So it was just a disappointment. Well, we've not ever been able, been taught to process disappointment. Mm. Remember, disappointment is an emotion. It is. And it so, is. and there's hundreds of emotions. So I would spend time really processing deeply, and I even walk clients through this process of processing deeply emotions and things like this that, um, that were attached to unfulfilled expectations. Mm. Actually, in my book, I actually walk people through an, uh, a, a particular prayer that I feel like God gave me to process this. Um, but because what you're actually processing and what you're dealing with uh, is not just the need. You're dealing with really the pain of, of, of unfulfilled promises that's related to a relationship mm. from your past. Right. I had this unfulfilled expectation right. or unrealistic, some would say. You know, if it's December 1st and you're going to be married by December 31st, that might be unrealistic, right? Could so, be. but it was yeah. always attached to a relationship and an unmet need that mm. came from my childhood. Mm. And part mm. of recognizing that, hey, you know what? My father never kept his promises when I was a little girl. Mm. Not, in, not intentionally. It's just there was a disconnect. He right. didn't even know that there were things that, as a little child, I wanted him to fulfill. Mm. I didn't even know that I wanted those things fulfilled. Because yeah. for children, it's a disconnect. They don't know what their needs are. Mm. So when we're talking about needs and we're going to really the depth of healing in our lives yeah. and really addressing the pain that's associated with a need that's uh, you know, uh, not met or an unfulfilled expectation or promise yeah. in our lives. That, that's what we're talking about. So you shared, you shared a resource with us last week. Mm -hmm. In fact, we sent out an email blast churchwide and uh, asked you guys to take that survey. Because what the survey does is it helps you identify your top 10 relational needs in order of their importance. Right? So all the all the needs you see up here, there's 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 10 needs that we all share. Uh, but they come in different priorities. So I, I took the test. Pastor Wendy took the test okay. as well. And uh, it was interesting because our top three needs are identical. Okay. Uh, and yeah, and in fact, we were, had a couple of surprises because there were some things that she thought would be at the top of the list actually was at the bottom of the list. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about things that we think we need, sometimes it's just a blind spot. You really don't even know what you need. And so this survey was huge. But can I just throw this out there before we come to the survey? Oh, sure. Or, uh, let me just say this. The survey is at uh, uh, greatcommandmentnetwork.net mm -hmm. forward slash relational needs. Greatcommandmentnetwork.net forward slash or backslash, which I get confused, relational needs. Uh, it's a free assessment, and it'll take you about less than five minutes or less. And uh, it'll really help you understand what your needs are. This is important for you to understand for yourself, but also to be able to communicate to the people you love. Exactly. And the people who love you. So they don't have to guess what you need. They can identify quickly what your needs are and respond accordingly so they can be a part of filling your cup. 
Here, here's, here's something that's important, I think. And as a pastor, I've seen this because uh, even though I'm not a, a licensed counselor, but my wife and I, we sit with people all the time and we provide biblical guidance. Mm-hmm. This is what, one of the things I've seen over and over, and I think the Lord reminded me of this uh, when I was praying and preparing for tonight. Uh, it's a dangerous thing to expect man to fulfill you in ways only God can. Let me say that again. It is a dangerous thing to expect man, any human, male or female, familial, romantic, professional, whatever the relation is, relationship is, whatever the interpersonal human relationship is, it is a dangerous thing to look to a human being or even things to fulfill you in ways that only God can. Say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Look no further than John chapter 4, the woman at the well. Woman had been married five times. There's a reason for that. There's a reason that five men were not enough. That after five husbands, she walked away empty. And again, I'm not saying that to speak disparagingly of, of, of women or any woman because we celebrate women here at Converge. But if you look, if you examine the text, five times, five marriages, all end in divorce. It's because sometimes we're looking for God in all the wrong places. And the people that we are in relationship, we squeeze them expecting God to come up, but we only get more of them. Let me me say it again. We need God, but we don't go to God to meet our needs. He's the vine. We are the branches, but we look all around (laughs) and say, okay, if I could just get that one right there, or I could just get that thing right there and squeeze it long and hard enough, I will pop God. No, you'll get more of them. So five times all she got was more of the men she married. Six times she's like, I ain't even gonna bother. We're just gonna shack up. Because doing things God's way doesn't work. Mm. That's not true. That is not true, but that's what some of us choose to believe. Because if I marry that person, then all my needs will be met. If I marry that person, that is God's way, and you still come out empty. Because you expect them to fulfill you in only ways God can. So Jesus, Sharonda, shows up one day. The scripture says he had to go through Samaria. He had to. Meaning, not meaning it was a geographical necessity. He could have gone so many other ways, but the Spirit of God compelled him that day because there was a divine appointment with a woman at the well whose cup was dry. And God says to Jesus, I know you're going there. You was going to Judea. I forget now. But he said, you got to pass through Samaria. Now, remember, Jesus is a Jew. Got no business in Samaria. But God says, I want you to break the rules 
that society have imposed. You're a Jew. You're not supposed to mix with Samaritans, but you have to go to, through Samaria. How many of you realize that God will take a detour for just one? Maybe tonight is God's detour just for you. That's right. Because you have been squeezing the life out of all the people around you, looking for God, and all you get is more of them. So Jesus shows up at the well, right? Mm -hmm. And there's this woman at the well. Number, number two, uh, he's a rabbi. He's not supposed to be talking. Number one, he's a man. He's not supposed to be talking to a woman that's not his wife in public. Number two, he's a rabbi. Number three, this woman is at the well all by herself in the middle of the day when all the women came to draw water first thing in the morning. The fact that she's at the well at noon by herself indicates that she has been ostracized by every other woman because of her history. She has no friends. She has no relationships. Her cup is empty. So Jesus shows up. And I, this is a whole other message all by itself. Let me just give you the cliff notes. Jesus read her mail. Said, listen, you've been married five times. And the man that you're with now ain't even your husband. Jesus doesn't tell her, go marry that man because he will meet your need. Jesus doesn't tell her, go get rid of that guy and meet another man. He says, what you need is not another man. What you need is something only I can give. It's called living water. And if you take this living water that I give you, you will what? Never thirst again. If you receive what I have to give you, you ain't going to try to squeeze another man. You ain't going to try to squeeze another boss. You ain't going to try to squeeze your cousin, your sister, your brother, your mama, your daddy to do something for you that only God can do. Because the living water you need, which is what you need, if you will receive it, he says, you will never, you will never thirst again. So we could go through life with unrealistic expectations that go unmet because our unrealistic unre expectations are trying to get people to fulfill us in ways only God can. That's a word for somebody tonight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the Lord will set you free if you'll be willing to receive his living water so that you will never thirst again. Pastor Ray, can I break that down in, with that diagram? Because uh, it's like when we see people that come in, yeah, they've given up. You know, they may be Christians or may not be Christians, but if they're part of the world, you know, in some respects, the world has given up on God because they're not seeing their needs met, right? So when someone comes in, they're not here on this top row. They're down here at the bottom where they mm. settle into the pain of mm. the unmet needs from their past. Mm. But when you read and you talked about that scripture mm. with the woman at the well, mm. what I saw was she had an unmet need for acceptance. Mm. She had an unmet need for attention. Mm. And then Jesus shows up one day. Mm. He accepts her for who she is. Mm. 
regardless of her failures and her background or anything else, Good. she received complete relational connect connectedness with him mm. because he he simply accepted her. Mm. He showed her some attention yeah. at the well. Just think, go down that list and think about mm. all of those relational needs That's and good. how Jesus comes in to actually fulfills those needs. He's given us a picture in Scripture of the relating to someone who was desperately needy mm. and needed God. Mm. She's down in here. Hey, think about how she felt about herself. Hey, you know what? I'm rejected. I'm ostracized. I'm going to have to show up here because of the shame that I bear, the guilt possibly. I mean, she had been in five relationships, right? And the one she was in wasn't even a legitimate one. Think about even just who she was as a Samaritan, how they were already rejected by the mm. Jews. So she was living right down here in the painful feelings, no matter what she looked like on the outside. Mm. So think about people in our lives. That's what I see when people come into my office. I see this right here. And then the unproductive behaviors, the uh, mm. living out and just the painful outcomes, conflicted life, poor character, mm. uh, problems in living, mm. uh, immaturity. So as we go through scripture, God gives us a glimpse of what he truly desires for us mm. and how he desires to fill us, fill our cups, bring that soul wholeness that we all desperately need. And so um, one thing that I was going to mention about need, frustration, and just unmet needs do follow us into our adulthood. Mm. So the same things that we are desiring, even as a child, we're going to usually desire those things in our adult relationships. Mm. Mm. Some have even resorted to manipulating to try to get those things met. Right or ended up in all types of controlling uh, behavior issues and problems that then they end up in our office, mm. you know, to, uh, to actually um, figure out, you know, to figure out in their marriages because they've been in infidelity for five years or whatever. Mm. So now God is desiring to bring restoration. So that's what we're dealing with when, you know, when a person comes in. But if we understand this as a, a church, and we begin to allow ourselves to learn how to process. I mean, I have this emotion sheet. I keep it in my Bible and in my journal because whenever I'm trying to process what's going on in my life, I'll pull out this sheet with 100-plus emotions on it mm. to try to determine, okay, Lord, where do you want to take me? What do we need to deal with? Because if I let me identify what is going unmet here. Because remember I said last week we don't outgrow our neediness. We don't outgrow mm. the need for our uh, needs to be met. To be met, yeah. So you made an important point, and, uh, and, and it, it reminded me of, of something I heard Kirk Franklin say, uh, who struggled with different kinds of addictions, uh, loves the Lord. Uh, and, uh, but this is what Kirk said. He said, uh, when we self-medicate, we delay God, he, God's healing process. When we self-medicate, we delay God's healing process, meaning God wants to do the work of restoring our souls. God wants to do the work of healing, but sometimes instead of allowing him to do the work of healing in us, we self-medicate. We turn to other things to numb the pain. Is that something you want to you speak to, or, or is that... 
too loaded or, or? No, absolutely. I mean, because when you think about when I ask people how they feel and they say, well, I just feel numb. Numb is still a feeling, right? So getting below all of that, you're absolutely right. There is that, I said, an obstacle to your need or that healing taking place. Mm -hmm. Self-reliance is like, well, let me figure out how to do it myself. Mm -hmm. So I'll go over here to drugs or alcohol. Mm -hmm. And because the pain has uh, just become too great that, you know, numbing the pain mm -hmm. is, is better than experiencing the pain. You know, I've... You know, had individuals sit in my office just like, I just want it to stop. Mm. You know, what are they telling me? Mm. That there is something so deep in the pain of unmet needs that, you know, it's very hard for them to, to process through it. But let's move forward to, I think this is going to help when we get to the emotional cup. And I, I think there's a diagram that they're going to put up as it relates to emptying your emotional cup. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I was going to point out is that in the medical community, this need frustration and this, it just, it kind of, it grieves my heart because I see the beauty of scripture and what God intended for us in our soul wholeness. So when I see the need frustration in individuals, it's seen in a factor, I mean, it's seen as a factor that contributes to um, living difficulties and the medical community will often label it pathology. Mm. Remember the definition I gave, mental disorder? Mm -hmm. Why are they labeling it like that? Because they see this need in someone that can't be met and they've resorted to all these things. They're like, we don't know what to call it. It's because mm. the medical community doesn't have the spirit of God directing mm. what God's people actually need. And so that's the beauty of, you know, really when I can marry the two and help someone, you know, deal with stuff in their lives. You know, there are serious, I wanted to mention this, I told Pastor Ray, there are very serious mental health disorders that absolutely need professional care and you want to direct them to a professional. But there are things in our lives that if we're not careful, mm -hmm. they can actually end up there. You know, we said 20, by the age of 24, you know, 75% will have already had, had a label of mental disorder. Mm. So what's happening with our kids? We're not really teaching them how to process emotions. So this next step is how do we begin to process stuff that actually comes in? So emptying your cup. So re when relational needs continually go unmet, um, then it brings up all these painful emotions which we begin to kind of pack down what's really happened to us in our lives, right? And it fills our emotional cup or our soul. When you think about your emotional cup, you're thinking about your soul. It truly decreases the capacity for people to feel anything other. Even if you tell them, hey, you know what, you're encouraging them, it's hard for them to receive it because mm. of everything else that's in there. So if we don't really empty that cup, of those painful emotions, there's no opportunity for God to come in and right. to fill them with what they need. Right. So as you can see with the cup that, uh, I think there's a diagram what empties mm -hmm. the cup. Yes, this it's one? A, yes. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So you're going to see on this cup the, all of the symptoms that's kind of pouring out because right now the cup is filled with all of these painful emotions. You see down at the bottom the hurt, the sadness, the disappointment, right? And then you see uh, 
anger, resentment, and we've all experienced these emotions, right? Fear, anxieties, you know, all these various things that are just filling up. It's the buildup of painful emotions. And just even in counseling, when I talk to individuals, they may be recounting something from 20 years ago. But when they recount it to me, and you've probably had this happen to you, you think about something in your life, and you feel like, hey, you know what? I've moved on. I've forgiven them. Uh, hey, I'm a Christian living for the Lord. I've forgiven them. But when you think about that thing, it brings a certain measure of sadness, right? Mm -hmm. Or it brings a certain anger response or that, that just pops up and you're thinking, okay, why is that still there, right? Mm -hmm. It's because of this buildup mm -hmm. in our emotional cup where we're carrying. See, emotions have memory. Emotions have memory. So until we mm -hmm. actually That's go good. to the source of the pain. Mm -hmm. So what counseling does and what you know, uh, we do in our process is to really help individuals or I do and I, I try to do it from a biblically based um, a position even though I may not tell a person I'm a Christian I still try to do it from a biblically uh, based position because I understand the soul and I understand what they're carrying so my objective or the therapeutic objective is to go in and to say okay how can we begin to process the pain surrounding that you know people say well I've forgiven my dad they may be recounting a uh, painful memory, but I've forgiven my dad. You know, I don't even have anything to do with them anymore. And I says, well, if you've forgiven your dad, you know, why do you still feel a little bit of pain there? So, and I, I help people understand, you have to forgive for everything that comes up. So it's a process of really identifying, okay, hey, you know what? My dad never supported me, or he, he didn't stand up for me. He allowed people to take advantage of me. He just never would defend me or say anything. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's, let's access that pain, and let's forgive your dad for that. Because when you actually share with them, and I show them, hey, you know, uh, a part of releasing that hurt and that disappointment is grieving what you didn't get. So here are the, the five aspects of what empties the cup and so like for hurt sadness and disappointment I take them to that place and I says okay let's grieve the hurt mm. let's and I as a counselor will say you know okay I'm offering kind of the comfort that they should have gotten right I'm standing in to say you know I'm sorry that that happened to you you know um they can re then receive the comfort that they should have gotten when they're grieving, say, that hurt or that pain or that loss in their lives. And so one step to re-emptying the cup, and I'm just focusing on like hurt and disappointment, sadness, is actually grieving the thing that's making you sad. So even as you're sitting in here or if you're listening online, I want you to think about what is that thing that pops up from time to time that I still feel a little disappointed about? or I still feel hurt, I mean, or I still still feel sad. I'm, I'm sensing it or I feel it, so that's why I'm asking you to go to that place and let's grieve that place. Let's forgive that person for not meeting the need that you had or for disappointing you for not fulfilling a promise that, that, you, that you thought that they would have fulfilled. So go ahead and release that.
when, when you are walking through or releasing anger or resentment, you know, we, we know the concept of forgiveness, right? But remember the self-condemnation that people often feel? Most people feel a, a tinge of, being, of feeling guilty about being angry about something, mm -hmm. right? Right. It's like yeah. you get angry, like someone um, bullies you or calls you a name or does something, and you get really angry. You're like, why are you angry? Because it hurt you, right? But you're the one who feels bad sometimes for being angry, and you feel like, I'm not supposed to be that way because we're taught all the time not to be angry. Mm. Well, our goal is, no, be angry. But sin not. But sin not. Be angry. Let's process through the anger. Let's get to the root of the anger. No, I'm like, hey, I want you to be angry. I want you to just get it all out. Mm. Be angry. Let's process it. Speak truth, right? You want to speak truth to the situation. I'm angry because I never felt defended. I'm angry because I was always abused emotionally. Mm. Speak the truth to it and then forgive it. And I forgive and I release that person. I'm releasing this. So you're going to the source of the, the pain, the hurt, and what actually didn't happen for you. Remember what I said, unhealed, unmet needs is something that should have happened in your life that didn't. So what should have happened, you're releasing that person for not doing it and for not fulfilling it. Right. I, I, uh, I'm looking at the clock, and uh, we're out of time. So I'm going to invite the, uh, the team to come because we're going to close uh, with worship. But emptying your cup, uh, it, you said grieve the hurt, speak truth. Uh, there's a third thing, which is reassurance. Yes. Tell us about reassurance quickly. Uh, tell us about the other three quickly as the team comes. Okay, yeah. So reassurance, I mean, we all have fears and anxieties, right? So it comes down to really opening, making yourself vulnerable to actually receive the reassurance either from God when you're praying. It's like, hey, Lord, I'm vulnerable about this. I'm fearful of what they might think. I'm fearful of taking that next step. So you receive reassurance demonstrated through what the word promises to you. Remember, we have to have that vertical, that faith. And also when you share it to others, allowing them to reassure, hey, you got this. You know, you got this, the support and bringing about the needed change. The, the next one, uh, guilt, uh, is like we talked about self-condemnation and how you feel that, hey, my needs are bad. Well, admitting that you were wrong about certain things, you know, when you feel guilty about something and allowing yourself to ask forgiveness if it's something you did wrong or it was the way of thinking that you didn't have the right attitude about it, forgiving yourself. Do you see in your practice that that is a huge hurdle for people to overcome, is admitting I was wrong? It is, yeah. it, it, and it can be, it you can know, because like I said, they're inherently thinking, hey, I'm bad. And it's like, no, you just made a mistake. You're not bad. You made a mistake or mm. you didn't respond in the way that maybe you wanted to respond, mm. but you're not bad. Right. And so if you're feeling guilty or, hey, just admit it, hey, I, I blew it mm. and forgive yourself and release it. And then truth, you know, the revelation that, hey, just even here tonight about our needs and everything, you know, just having that revelation of, Truth is the insight that you gain as you go through the process. So when you're working with a counselor, uh, working with someone, uh, you can receive valuable uh, insights and truths about that. So, mm. you know, 
at authentic balance counseling, you know, we encourage people to, I would say at least if you've never had a counseling session in your life, have at least one. Because mm. it helps you. It yeah. helps you to formulate kind of life goals and, mm. and things that you might need to deal with. When I stepped into my first counseling session 20 years ago, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't know what I needed until I sat in that chair. And, and so sometimes it's that for you. Um, and so I just want to thank everyone for inviting me. Pastor yeah. Ray, thank you for allowing me to come out and share. Sharonda, I know it's so a much. lot of information. And uh, like I said, I just encourage, I do have business cards out there that talks a little bit about our practice. Uh, our clinical supervisor, Carol Gilmore, who you know really well. Okay. Uh, and then we've got a great team of other uh, LPC associates over there. So please look us up. Fantastic. Come on, Converge. Let's show our love to Sharonda Scott for awesome, awesome, awesome content and pointing us in the right direction. I will piggyback off of what she said, and uh, I will encourage you uh, to find uh, a therapist, a counselor. Uh, you may not be going through a crisis, but you don't have to wait for a crisis uh, to get help. When I was in the military, every Monday, every Monday, we would go to the motor pool, the entire unit. We would all go to the motor pool and we had to inspect the vehicles. And that whole process was called PMCS, Preventive Maintenance Checks and Services. So every Monday, nothing was broke, but we always went to check the vehicles because it was what? Preventive. Most of us want to get help to fix what's already broken when we could get help to prevent anything from being broken. And so tonight as we close out this series, I asked the, I asked the team to do this song. And, and there's a reason I wanted them to do this song. Because it speaks to our need for God to heal us in ways that only he can. And the song simply says, run to the Father and to fall in his grace. And, and there's a line that I love in the song because it says, my heart needs a surgeon and my soul needs a friend. So I'll run to the Father again and again and again and again. Chad, are you guys ready? Uh, Chad, let's bring the lights down. They're going to lead us in this song. And again, I know you may have plans, but I just want to encourage you to just rest in this moment and allow the Spirit of God to minister to you and allow God in this moment to restore your soul. In Jesus' name. Thank you. 
Father, we thank you that in you we found a surgeon. In you our souls have found a friend. Father, do the work in our hearts that we so desperately need. You be the healer, not only of our physical bodies, 
But God, you heal our soul. You heal our hearts. You heal our minds. Father, tonight I pray that you would heal marriages, that God, you would restore broken relationships. Right now in this moment, Holy Spirit, we ask you to be the comforter. Heal every wound in the name that is above every other name. In the name that is above every other name. Heal, restore, in Jesus' name. This is what we're going to do. We're going to dismiss the service right here. But if you're in the room tonight as, as others are leaving, if you just need prayer, a few members of our leadership team are going to stay behind as the team continues to lead us in worship. This is a holy moment. God is in this room, and maybe this is the moment that everything in your life turns around. We believe in the power of prayer and God's desire to restore and make all things new. So as we close out the service tonight, uh, thank you for being here. For those who need prayer, just make your way to the altar, and our team will be here to pray with you as Chad and the team lead us in worship. by today's message, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some information to help you kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you want more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at info at weareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com give. You can also text 77977, type in Converge Give and the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.